0: Hello, and welcome to the Evie Prince series podcast. My name is Victoria Wright, inspirational writer and author of the Evie Prince series, a trilogy of books that tells the story of a 40-something woman named Evie Prince, who experiences a life-altering spiritual awakening. Evie's awakening causes her to question her life and seek answers. As a result, She finds herself in a place that she never thought she would be, single, unemployed, and completely unsure of what to do next. This will not be your usual podcast. In each episode, I will read a chapter, then highlight key reminders that were included to help you, as they have helped me, on your journey of discovery and remembering what you know to be true, but have chosen. To, forget. to learn more about me in the series, please visit www.healingwords.online. Welcome back to Listen Within, a novel of discovery and finding true self, written and narrated by Victoria Wright. Copyright 2021 by Victoria Wright. Today's episode is Chapter 14 Family. The day was beautiful. I was out back, working in the garden, when I heard the ambulance coming up the main road. Growing up, my heart had always dropped when I heard that sound. Chances were you knew the person who needed the help. The sirens seemed to be getting closer. And then I realized that it was heading down Mr. Brown's road. I dropped what I was doing and cut through the bushes to Mr. Brown's house. Just as I got there, the ambulance was pulling up. It seemed like the EMTs had already been there. I ran up to one man and asked, What's going on? Sorry, but who are you? He asked in return. I'm Mr. Brown's neighbor, Evie Prince. Oh, I heard you move back. Nice to meet you. I'm Steve, volunteer fireman at EMT. Great. Nice to meet you, but... I gulped. What's going on? Is Mr. Brown okay? Adequan should be fine. He called us because he was having chest pains. He wanted to be safe and asked to be brought to the hospital to be checked out. He is a tough one. I'm sure he'll be around for a long time to come. Steve asserted. Just then, Mr. Brown was being rolled out of the house on a stretcher. I ran over to him. Hey, kid. Hey, kid? What do you mean, hey, kid? Are you all right? Why didn't you call me? I bombarded him with questions. I didn't want to worry you. I'm okay. Just want to get checked out. As the EMTs wheeled him into the ambulance, he turned and asked, Kid, can you do me a favor? Of course, what is it? I have a funny feeling they're going to want to keep me for a few days. I'm old. <laughs> he chuckled. Can you grab me a set of fresh clothes and my PJs hanging on my bedroom door? I hate wearing those gowns that never close in the back. Well do, and I'll bring them right down to the hospital. No rush. They'll need to run lots of tests today, but if I could have them for tonight, that would be great. Just before the EMTs closed the door, I waved to Mr. Brown and smiled. The ambulance pulled out, and then the others followed behind. I was left in a cloud of dust. A huge wave of emotion overcame me, and I started to cry. I kept on repeating, He is going to be fine. He is going to be fine. As I climbed his stairs and opened the door, it felt like I'd been in this house a thousand times. But now it felt so different. I slowly walked down the hall, looking at everything with different eyes. Actually, seeing everything, like pictures of him with what I believe is family. Funny, I never met any of his family. It always just seemed to be him, Then there were pictures of him on his boat, catching fish, and old pictures of him in his traditional regalia with others from his tribe. I peeked into his bedroom, grabbed his PJs and bathrobe from behind the door, and then headed over to his dresser. I scanned the top for his brush and any other toiletry items he might need, I then looked up and saw myself in the mirror, noticing how worried I looked. He will be fine, I repeated. Then I noticed a photo tucked into the corner of the mirror. It was a picture of my mother, a baby, and a man. I flipped the photo over and read the inscription. Ava, Evie, and Paul, 1980. I froze. Was this my father? How did Mr. Brown know my father? I ran back down the hall and looked at his family photo. The same man was there. My mind was in a swirl. I was confused. I slid down the wall and just stared at the photo. Then, I remembered what I had been told. Enjoy your family. Getting myself back together, I packed Mr. Brown's clothes and toiletries into a bag that I had found in his closet. I brought it over to my house, cleaned up, and got myself ready to head down to the hospital. Then I gave Hendrick a call before I left. Hello, Evie. Hi. What's up? You sound sad. Kind of. Mr. Brown was taken to the hospital with chest pains. Oh, no. Is he okay? He said he just wanted to be checked out. I'm just about to head down and bring him some items that he had asked for. I'm sure he will be fine. Just stay positive and send him some of your healing energy. He recommended. I also learned something else. What? Mr. Brown knew my father. How do you know? There is a picture on his bedroom mirror. Of my mother, me, and one of his family members, Paul. Whoa. He paused before asking. How are you feeling? Confused. Well, give yourself some grace. I am sure there is a lot more to learn. I will. I just want him to be okay. He will be. Take care of yourself, and call me when you can. Will do. I hung up, then headed to the car, bag in hand. In the middle of the driveway, I stopped and closed my eyes. I started to think about Mr. Brown, and all the fun we had been having. My energy rose, and a smile crossed my face. Universe, please give me light-filled healing energy. My body filled with this energy that I felt build in my torso. Then I thought of Mr. Brown and focused my intention on sending this energy to him. I send this light-filled healing energy to you, Mr. Brown, freely and openly with love. As the energy was sent, my torso relaxed and I was left with peace. The hospital seemed quiet. There weren't too many cars in the parking lot either. I grabbed the bag and put on a fresh mask before heading to reception and asking for Mr. Brown's room. I was directed down the hall to room 111. There, I knocked and heard, Come on in. Mr. Brown, how are you doing? Hey, kid. Thanks for bringing my stuff. I nodded, but before I could say anything else, he said, I'm okay. Been picked and prodded at for the last few hours. So what's going on? Oh, they think I have a heart murmur. They don't know if I need surgery or just medication. Age is a bugger. Are you feeling okay? Are you in pain? Nope. After I had the chest pain, things subsided. Don't worry, kid. I'll be okay he said reassuringly. Would you like some company? Please. I sat and he told me old fishing stories and I let him know how the garden was progressing. They kicked me out just before nine but said that family had extended hours and I could come back tomorrow. Family? Oh, Mr. Brown must have just said that so I could visit him, I thought. I'll see you again tomorrow, okay, Mr. Brown? Evie, no need. I have all that I need. You don't have to drive all the way down here just to hang out with an old man. Okay, that settles it. See you at nine tomorrow. Have a great night. I closed the door, leaving him with a cheeky smile on my face. I arrived right at nine with a bag of pastries and a deck of cards. I knocked, but he wasn't there. I went to the nurse's station. Excuse me, where's Mr. Brown? Is he okay? The nurse there smiled. Yes, dear, he is still in testing, but you can wait in his room if you want. Thank you, I said with a ton of relief. While I waited, I checked my phone. Cell service was still better for me down island than up. I saw that I had missed an email from Tatum. Hi, Evie, hope you are well. Happy to tell you that your painting just sold for 15 over your original asking price. I had two interested parties and the winner got it for 4,500. I will send the shipping information as soon as I confirm where he wants to receive it. Keep up the great work. Tatum. I looked up from the phone with complete amazement. I'm doing it! I exclaimed. Just then, the door opened, and Mr. Brown was rolled in, asking, Doing what? Hey, look at you. How do you feel? Doing what? He repeated. I am a full-time artist. I just got word that I sold another painting, I explained. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. I told you things would work out. Yes, you did. I replied with a grin on my face. The nurse helped Mr. Brown into his bed. Thanks for bringing me my PJs and bathrobe. If I had just done that in one of those gowns, we all would have been in for a surprise. The nurse blushed a bit, and we all laughed. After the nurse left, I announced, I brought you a surprise, and dropped a bag of pastries in his lap. Is this legal? He looked from side to side as if there could be spies amongst us. The food here is okay, but pastries are my favorite, he replied with a sheepish grin. I won't tell if you don't. Plus, I also brought some cards. Figured we could play a little poker or something, I suggested. Poker? Now you're talking my language. You deal while I inhale one of these beauties. Mr. Brown held up a maple twist and, as promised, inhaled it. We had a great time playing cards and gossiping about up-island life. Mr. Brown got all the latest from his visit to the dump the other day. I dealt us another hand. Mr. Brown, can I ask you a question? Yeah, kid. What's up? When I was in your house, I noticed a picture in the hallway of you and your family. How come I never met them? Do they not live here? Oh, that picture. Yes, that was my older brother and sister. Both moved off island years ago. They both passed within the last ten years. I'm sorry to hear that. They had a great life. It was just time for them to take a rest, he replied. Who was that young man also in the picture? I probed. That was my son, Paul. My heart skipped a beat, and I gasped for air. You said was. So he died? I asked gently. Yes, I lost him a few years ago. He was in the military and served in the Gulf War. He, unfortunately, was unable to adjust to civilian life and died of substance abuse. He lamented. Oh, no, I'm so sorry, I whispered. He wasn't happy here, in this physical life. Too many demons. I know he's in a better place. So, I guess if you noticed the picture in the hallway, you also saw the picture on my bedroom mirror. Yes, I did. I dropped my head, embarrassed. Was your son and my mother good friends? They grew up together, so yes, you could say that. Unbeknownst to me or your grandparents, they were more than childhood friends. Mr. Brown looked at me then said what I knew in my heart to be true. Evie, my son Paul, was your father. Stunned, I got up from my seat and paced the room. Not looking at him, not looking at anything. From the other side of the room, I uttered, And why didn't anyone tell me? Paul had demons, even before he went into the military. He wanted to be a good father and be in your life, but he was unable to. He watched you from afar, and your mother kept him informed of how you were growing in your accomplishments. He was just incapable of being the man that he wanted to be as your father. I felt like I was outside of myself. I must have looked pitiful, my head hung, my shoulders slumped. So many thoughts were going through my head. I didn't know what to do, walk out or stay and ask more questions. Evie, please know that he loved you so much. He was so proud of your accomplishments, and he was in awe that he was able to create such a beautiful human being. We all loved you and only wanted the best for you. When I heard Mr. Brown say we all loved you, it was as if I had woken up from a crazy dream. Mr. Brown was my grandfather. I walked to the side of his bed and stared at his weather-worn, brown face. I noticed his eyes filling with tears. He grabbed my hand and squeezed it. You have been my pride and joy. I love you, kid. I broke down, sobbing, kneeling by his bed and putting my head on his hand. There was nothing that I could say. I just rested there until my last tear was shed. Finally, I looked at him and noticed how lovingly he was looking at me. Are you okay with me being your grandfather? He asked. I stood holding his hand and said, Now you're talking my language. Bright and early, I was back at the hospital, waiting to bring Mr. Brown my grandfather, back home. Good morning, you ready to go home? I asked as I peeked into his room. Yep, let's blow this popsicle stand, he replied with a smile. I grabbed his bag and then we headed out the door. He handed me some papers as we walked out. Discharge orders and prescriptions. Need to fill these before we get back up island, he stated. No problem. I suppose we need to pick you up some food as well. Do you feel up for it, or should I take you home first? Don't worry about me. I can sit in the car if you don't mind. I don't want to have to deal with summer folks just yet. Understood. Let's go to the pharmacy first, and then you can make your list of what I need to get. We finished our errands, then headed up island. Once we got out of the mess of downtown, Mr. Brown, Grandad, let out a big breath of air. (sighs) You okay? I asked, looking worriedly over at him. Yep, just letting go of all that noise from down island. I don't like bringing that type of energy back home with me. I nod in agreement. You speak of energy often. Have you always lived your life this way? Granddad thought for a moment, then replied, when I was younger, I was learning the spiritual ways from my elders. I was very aware and focused on energy. As I got older, however, I didn't pay as much attention. My ego took the reins, and my life was not what I wanted it to be. I did what was expected, and in the end, I was not happy. It took a string of events to wake me up and help me remember what life is all about. From that point on, I've been very aware of my and others' energy. Energy is everything, and when you remember that, life is so much more enjoyable. Do you speak to others about energy? I probed. Not really. It's just how I choose to live my life. If others are aware and focus on their energy as well, I'm happy to engage. For those who are unaware or just think this is some kind of hocus-pocus or Native American medicine man kind of thing, I don't feel it is necessary to engage. They won't hear anyway, he explained. Thanks. I'm still trying to figure this whole thing out. Seems like I'm meeting more and more people who are aware, but I still don't feel comfortable being so open with them. Don't worry. You just do what makes you comfortable. We arrived back at the house before lunch. I brought Granddad in and made him comfortable before grabbing the stuff from the car. You know, I'm not going to break, he yelled as I went back outside. I know, but I don't want you doing too much too soon, I said when I came back in, carrying his bag to his room, then unpacking the groceries. What would you like for lunch? tuna sandwich, he replied. Coming right up. I made the sandwich, then set him up on the couch. He looked over at me. Aren't you going to have something? No, I'm good. I just want to make sure you eat. What time do you want dinner? I'll come back over to make you something. I like to eat at five. Got it. I'll be back before then to make dinner. Gotta go now. I have a guest coming to visit and I still need to clear some things out, I explained. Anyone I know? He asked jokingly, knowing full well that he wouldn't know the person. No, he is a friend of mine from Colorado. He? Yes, he. Okay, better get to it. See you tonight. For the next few days, I cooked my grandfather three square meals and made sure he took his medicine. By the fourth day, he kicked me out. Okay, kid, it's been nice having you around, but I'm good now. I need to get up and start doing this on my own. Plus, I'm fixing to go fishing this afternoon. Fishing? I exclaimed. Yes, fishing. I will take my medicine before I head out. Don't worry about me. You know I do, I responded. He smiled. Yes, I know you do. Now get out. And live your life. For the next week or so, I cleaned out more stuff, unpacked more boxes, went to the dump, and worked in the garden. When all was said and done, I really felt like I had made this my home. There was one glaring anomaly, though. My grandparents' bedroom. That was for later. Today's episode is brought to you by Healing Words Customized Meditations, written for you and only you. To learn more, visit www.healingwords.online. Reminder, energy is everything. And when you remember that, life is so much more enjoyable.